Skull. Oh, blood clots. Blood clots and black holes. Now that's a hot topic okay. fucking line if I ever heard one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different album by a different band and we break it down. We um, we really we really do our research sometimes and uh, we try to have a good time doing it. My name is Tyler and way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether, is Jeff. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And if you didn't already know, but I say it every time now, uh, we have a phone number they can leave a voicemail on. So give us a call. We'll play on the pod, probably. Uh, the phone number is 503-893-5307. So get into that. So what album and by what band are we doing today, Jeff? We are doing Thrice's The Artist in the Ambulance. Late night breaks, I hear the tires squeal. Red light can't stop, so I spin the wheel. My world goes black before I feel an angel lift me up, and I open bloodshot eyes into fluorescent white. Let the siren hit the lights, close the doors, and I am Thrice, formed in Irvine, California in 1998 by Dustin Kensrue on vocals and guitar, Tepe Teranishi on guitar, Eddie Breckenridge on bass, and Riley Breckenridge on drums. They currently have 10 full-length albums, 7 EPs, 2 live records, and 1 compilation. But the album we're doing today is The Artist in the Ambulance. It is the band's third record, and it was released July 22nd, 2003. It features their original and only lineup of the band and is regarded by some fans to be their best record. Now, Jeff, what are your, what's your origin story? 
with Rice. And what are your initial thoughts on this album, The Artist in the Ambulance? Um, my origin story, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm sure it was, it was from you. And Probably. like that bamboozle show, I, I remember you talking about it all day. So we watched it, and I was just like, "Okay, that's cool. That's fine. That's fine. I guess I don't know." Talking about it all day, whatever. But um, yeah, my first my first impressions with artists, I don't remember. I'm sure I've heard this in passing at some point in my life. But this week, this was uh, this was fine. I, I mean, fine. I don't know. Like my first impression was like, "Okay, this is this is better than I thought it was going to be." But I don't know why that is because everything that I've heard from Thrice has always been like good. And even when I lived with Kevin and he played a lot of Thrice, everything he played was always good. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I just took him for granted because everybody else listened to him. So I felt like I sh- don't need to listen to him because somebody else will. I don't know. <laughs> just never got into There's him. no reason. There's really no reason. There is no reason. I, I don't know. I, I can't get into every band, but yeah, true. There's, there's, there's really no reason for it. This is... Uh, this was a fun week. I also remember, too, that I had this friend that I went to camp with, and mm-hmm. he was really involved. Remember the Invisible Children like yeah. movement thing about the, about the Warren Darfur, like in like 2000, yeah, yeah. mid-2000s, whatever it was? But Yeah, I totally remember that. Didn't th- did Thrice have something to do with it? Because he was a big Thrice fan. Yeah, they were a big part of that organization, or they, they did a lot with the organization, I should say. There was like yeah, a they donated a money movie, and, all that and stuff. he used to always like show it to me and like he was a huge Thrice fan and I don't know. I that was just another anecdote, I guess. But Okay. No, I, I don't good. know what your other question was. Fi- I mean not final thoughts, but well should, uh, should we do my origin story and then we'll yeah. get into initial thoughts? Yeah. Okay, my origin story, like I said in the rankings, was through friend of the pod Kevin and my cousin Brandon. Uh, they were the ones that got me into Thrice. The first song I ever heard was A Torch to End All Torches. And then a couple of months after I got into that, the Illusion of Safety came out. And it's just, I've just followed them throughout their entire career. I've been to probably at least 20, 30 shows, Thrice shows, throughout the years since the beginning. And uh, from Chain Reaction to some of the big venues they played at. And, um, I just I've I've been a huge fan for the most part, except for a couple records. But yeah, man, these 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 early records, the first five records are just fucking untouchable. Really, they're just so fucking good. So that's kind of my origin story. And what are your initial thoughts on this record, The Artist in the Ambulance? I I actually forgot. No, I did. I what? No, I did. I uh, I don't have any stinkers. Okay. There are no stinkers. Um, not every song is a banger, obviously, because this is not a perfect album. Okay, but I think uh-huh. I have. I think I have seven bangers. Oh boy! Oh boy! That's it. Yeah, I have seven bangers. Everything else is okay, but even some of the okay songs kind of like walk that line of, of becoming bangers. But uh, this was good. Like I said earlier, thrice this this sound is so. It's such a time period, of of when it came out, but. Mm-hmm. What I've kind of like now noticed about Thrice is while a lot of other of these emo post hardcore bands were singing about things that just don't fucking mean anything that are meaningless and very about themselves. I shouldn't say they don't mean anything because they mean they mean something to somebody. But Thrice Thrice's lyrics have always been 
more like macro bigger about yeah. about issues that like affect everybody but there's still some things on here that are are kind of like introspective like dustin you know singing about inner conflicts that he has with like his relationships with his faith and it's really cool and mm-hmm. when you read the lyrics like they're very they're not preachy but they are very like religious based yeah he's very very religious but and it's that, cool. I think that's kind of why they broke up the first time. But it's because he went and started a church. It's not. It's not like a. It's not like preaching. It's more like even he kind of questions like his own faith sometimes, and yeah, and I, I, like it, it humanizes him. It, it it takes him down from that that pedestal of of people hating Christians or whatever it is because all they talk about is God. And all they want to do is convert you to Christianity, and it's like that's not what he's doing at all. No. It's almost like he's he's trying to like convince himself to stay a Christian after disbelieving so many things. And yeah. there, there are some, there's some lyrics in here that are really cool. So I don't know. That's, I, I thought it was, I thought it was, it was a fun listen. It was a fun listen and it was better than I thought it was going to be. And it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be lyrically. Yeah. He's always been, the, this band's always been um, very much about their lyrics, especially after like this record, because they started to focus more on the vocals and the lyrics than, I think the music at at some points, um, but yeah, no, his his lyrics are just highly regarded by fans. I mean, they love what he says, and because, like you said, it's not it's not necessarily preachy. It's just he he just knows how to talk about things and just like in a very mild way, and it's just it's effective. And he 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 doesn't just talk about the faith, like you said. It's he talks about like world events, which I was surprised about. I didn't. I never realized they were as political or as like anti-war um, as they actually were on this record, especially because this is like what, two years after nine 11, this is the war in Iraq had just started um, and Afghanistan had just started. So it's like they, they had a lot to say and, or he had a lot to say. So I thought it was pretty interesting, but I, I don't, I don't have any stinkers on this one. Um, everything, but like two songs are bangers. Really? The other two songs are like, writing the line as you said of being a banger but and i remember when i when i bought this record when it came out instead of like a normal booklet of liner notes they were like these postcards and and every it was a different picture on each one and on the back had had the song and and just it was it was a little bit more more intricate than most cds at the time and i just remember that was kind of cool and i don't know it was just it was a good time a good time to be a fan of this music and of this band because they were just kind of blowing up and the local scene and I don't know I just I have a lot of really great memories with this record as well it's just it's great and then they they put out a DVD of the making of this record a couple years after this and it was it was cool seeing how they they wrote and recorded the record like in the middle of nowhere in the middle of winter where it's just like snowing and they literally couldn't leave the house because it was so much there was so much snow so they were the four of them and the producer were stuck in this house in the house just recording it and they were going kind of like stir crazy. And <laughs> so that's kind of cool. And yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my, my little initial thoughts on it. And let's get into your biggest banger, your BB. Well, I mean, do you want to do you want to do the artist since you already played it? Yeah, let's do that. Is this yeah. a banger for you? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, this is my 2B. What? Yeah. So, okay. so first of all, it. It, if, if these guys want to, they could be a rad pop punk band. Like they could... They could do it. 
and this is a this is a killer pop punk song. This is so fun. This is this is cool. And 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 like lyrically, there's probably like four or five songs that I thought were like phenomenal lyrically. Everything else I thought was at least good to okay. Mm-hmm. But here, like on the surface, I I think to assume that your art can be therapeutic in any way is sort of conceited. But yeah, in a way. But. I mean, it totally is to think that you can like heal people based on your up to with your art is just like, <laughs> come on, dude, like you're not that good. But yeah, that's not really what he's getting at here. This is this is more of a hopeful outcome to hear. He's not he's not saying his music will be healing. He's he's hoping it will be. He's hoping that even if he can help somebody somewhere at one point, then like it'll all be worth it. He's not saying that he's going to do it or it will happen. It's like even he doesn't believe fully he's just he's just like hoping he has faith in his own music and i think that is that's that's that's, that's showing hubris right the humility in mm-hmm. that aspect i think is fantastic and given like the artist in the ambulance scenario a second chance given you know to hopefully make a difference in the best way that the artist feels that they can i think this is good mm-hmm. stuff that's just good stuff that's believing in yourself and being very hopeful I think lyrically it's good, but musically it's this is one that's not a banger for me. I just don't this too, one's never resonated up. with me. It's just never resonated with me and I feel like it's the odd man out on the record. I don't think it belongs on the record. It doesn't sound like anything else. And it just I don't I don't get why they why it's on here. If anything it should be a B-side. Dude, because everybody every post-hardcore band at this time even in kind of post-hardcore band was putting out like some mm-hmm. pop punk shit like senses fail afi at this time i can't even, the use we just did the use like a yeah. lot of their stuff was at some points very pop punk and this mm-hmm. is cool like i like I, I dug it mostly because this, it sounded like it was pop punk though this is a fan favorite like outside of deadbolt i think this one is the one that everybody wants to hear and it's weird because other, like a lot of songs they they refuse to play or they hate playing because fans always want to hear it like deadbolt they hate playing and they sometimes they won't play it because fans want to hear it they refuse to play tnc anymore and but this song they play at every concert every fucking show this song is being played i don't know why this one stands out over deadbolt and tnc when those two songs are like far more superior i just i don't get it i just don't get this song at all i I think i mean just piggybacking on that idea it's probably because everybody in the Orange County area liked pop punk. Like no matter what senior you were in or or or, or claimed allegiance to, yeah. the common like crossover was always like pop punk. Like everybody fucking likes pop punk in that scene, and so it was probably yeah. just fun for them to kind of take it easy and just kind of goof off a little bit. It's like a goof off song on a very it is on an overly not goofy album. Like this is their goof off song. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, but see, that's why it stands out too, and it it it's disconnected, man. I don't know. I just that's like this one's never resonated with me. Like that's why it's so good is because like even he he realizes like he understands that like his music is like he's not putting himself on a pedestal. He's not thinking that his music will help people. It's like he just wrote a stupid fucking song that, yeah. that most people probably think like you doesn't belong on this album because it doesn't like sequentially doesn't really fit doesn't flow very well but like people love it so like hoping that his music will affect people and then writing a dumb song it did affect people because if you say it's like a fan favorite like how fucking weird right it is weird it's really weird 
and he said that this uh, the the title the artist in the ambulance was inspired by a story by somebody named Alberian. I guess he's a, a writer in Germany or yeah, something like that. And it's from a, a story called the burn collector, or like a short story called the burn collector. I didn't, there's not a lot written about it and I didn't bother going to go read it, but it was based and inspired off of that. So for what that's worth, I don't know if you did any research into that, but no, I didn't see a Alberian writer. Yeah. Yeah. That, but that was who wrote the, what's called the burn collector a book or a short story or whatever it is but yeah outside of that man this song whenever they play it live i'm like oh fuck I'm just like okay please I'll go to the you're fucking no you're jumping around smiling Get, you, you would not go to the bathroom during this song oh, fuck I, out I, have. Here. I have no you haven't yeah i have if you have then it's clearly just some protest because your nails are painted <laughs> extremely black and then you say hey i don't i don't like this song this is too pop punk i like the heavier stuff as you're Sitting there talking to somebody who doesn't give a shit about what you're talking about. I think I think the last <laughs> time I saw them, the last time I saw Thrice, it was the last show I went to, and this is like a week before everything shut down because of COVID. So this is the and I saw them in San Diego, and I think I did go to the bathroom when so they played artists. So dumb. So I'm pretty stupid. sure I did. Pretty sure I did. That's just, you're, you're silly. That's kind of cool. This is the last band I saw, like right before everything shut down. That was a great show too. That was a fantastic show. Where was it at? It was in San Diego. It was that? It wasn't House of Blues. I don't remember what venue it was. My biggest banger though <laughs> is Under a Killing Moon. That's my one B. Uh, that's a good one. That's my one B too. Oh, I like. Yeah. Um, I I always like how these these type of songs start like the little drum roll into some type of heavy rolling chugging thing and some cool leads in there occasionally. Like a lot of these songs here are very. If you strip them down, they're very formulaic. They're very basic. They're very predictable. But mm-hmm. it's, it's so the stuff they add to it is what makes it special and like the lyrics too. But there's a couple things here, like time stamped them. I think they're so rad. So there's a little fill in at about 50 seconds. Fucking mm-hmm. rad. Tone change, little riffage back <laughs> yeah, in, exactly into like the main shit. And then again at the 150 mark, there's, there's, there's this the damn cool traditional breakdown. But a little bit of a flair to it. Uh, I love the part at the end too when he just screams, "We'll watch the witches," and then just like those pauses, and then he just screams, <laughs> "Burns!" It's so good. Oh man, that, that's it's just an unbelievably good song, and just the 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 guitar riffs and the playing is is kind of technical. It's it's very me- not Metallica, I guess it's kind of Metallica esque, but damn man. What a fucking banger that is! It, it is a it is a clear cut banger. My God, I love that song. Uh, should I should I play it and then we'll get more into the lyrics and stuff? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Here we go. Here is uh, "Under a Killing Moon" from Thrice.
All right, there's Under a Killing Moon, the best song on this record. Because we've said it is. Both of us said it is. It's true. All right. So let's jump into the lyrics, or do you want to talk about the music a little bit more on this one? Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. I think the lyrics are really cool. Um, This one is kind of like about religion and the uh the the salem witch trials and all that stuff that happened in massachusetts back in the 17th century and uh and it kind of tells the story of the the guy who has to go like kill the people and light them on fire and just like burn the witches burn the witches and just like the way he he writes the lyrics it really and you can really see it all playing out he's really good at telling the story in this song it's it's really well done. He's uh, so good. This this is like the first time. I mean, I don't. I haven't like read too much of his lyrics other than this. But this was when I really I realized like, dude, he can build worlds. He can build entire worlds and images and stories in in his lyrics. And even though it's not like expressively, he never comes out and and says like Salem witch trials. But never. It's there. It's there. But he connects it to like present day so well that it's not it's not something dumb it's not stupid like oh you should be fearful of the government because they're bad it's he builds mm-hmm. that idea and lets you come to that conclusion and that's oh, unbelievable that's cool <laughs> i know he's he's an unbelievably unbelievably good lyricist on like this that, record that idea of, of of when like teachers or parents would tell you like i can show you the way but you gotta open the door like that thing <laughs> is like dude he does that so well that's what he does mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Oh man, and then what did my like like the the then the second verse where he says, "Don't flinch when innocents are dancing with the flame. If they wanted to live, they'd learn to play the game." Like that, right? I love that that part because it's just saying like you you need to conform to society, otherwise you're going to be ostracized, you're going to be killed, or whatever. You know, it's just like that that plays in present day everything you know, with anybody you interact with, like you, you kind of have to follow the status quo. Otherwise you'll, you're out, you're done. So I mean, but then that, 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 that's so good. That's ahead of its time too, because even this, like this is, this is like victim blame. You're, you're blaming the victim. It's their fault yeah. because they didn't do what everybody else is supposed to do. But he's mm-hmm. not saying that, but he's clearly saying that. And so like to, to make fun of, of people that blame the victim, it's just, that's, that's a 2010 concept. That's a 2010, 2015, <laughs> 2020 concept. That's, yeah. that's something that we just don't do anymore because it's fucked up. But mm-hmm. here he is, early 2000s, doing it, letting us know that it's fucked up. Oh, dude, it's so good. It is really good. <laughs> it was surprisingly good. The bridge. Uh, I like the, the what he says too, but under this killing moon, under this burning sky... The fire shining groom. I hold my breath and close my eyes. Like him watching what he's doing to these people, like just watching them burn alive, and just the just him describing like the sky and the darkness, and just him having to close his eyes. It's just because the fire is so, and holding his breath because the fire is so much. Man, it's that's, it's a cool song, man. That's like the <laughs> scary thing, and that's and like the scary thing, like as in real life, that would be really fucking scary, but. It's also this is like really scary good because whenever we whenever we dissect people's lyrics, it's always like conceptual things, and rarely is it like physical senses that is that are being stimulated other than sight, right? Because it's yeah, 
people always write about what they see, but here we're doing like smell, hear, feel. Like mm-hmm. there's there's like every, every sense that you not every but a lot of your senses are being stimulated at the same time to build this world, to build this this character, and to put the or, or to build a song around a character that is kind of questioning whether or not he should even be fucking doing this. Like that is a perfect character to build around because that's what the entire album is about is mm-hmm. is like questioning everything questioning science questioning faith questioning yourself questioning everything yep. you mean questioning questioning i don't know <laughs> everything <laughs> it was really good uh, it is really good <laughs> it, it was it's really really good. good oh boy and i'm sure you like the ending like i did too where he just kind of like explodes and like like i said before i played the song where it's the starting and it's the stopping and starting Oh my god! Like he just has a way of like also like almost like um, when we talk about Zach, he he doesn't just like say one line and then go to the next line. Like he'll he'll blend in like a couple words from the second line into the first line. Like he has this way of of presenting his his vocals and his lyrics that I think is really cool and very different from a lot of singers. So so let's shout out to that. That's funny that you mentioned Zach because there is a song actually. Cold Cash and Cold Hearts that I wrote in here. It reminded me of Zach. Yeah. Not not a banger for me, but we can get into it. But as far as the outro on this one, like this was solid. This was this was like the person who is, you know, burning somebody or high, holding the torch or doing something to to murder, essentially murder somebody who they thought was a witch. And at the mm-hmm. very end was was kind of him like giving into his own complacency and 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 chiming along like burn burn the witch like yeah let's do it because they're so scared to go against it that they finally conform yeah so because they would be that person being burned but it's like the whole time dude like the whole time you're reading these lyrics you're thinking like okay there's got to be like a good ending to this and there's totally not and it's so sad and it's so dramatic and and to think that your character Dude, like we're talking about this, like it's a fucking movie. Like the character that we're the character that he built here. Like you, 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 in three and a half minutes, <laughs> you're rooting for this guy to like do the right thing and stand up, and he does stand up, but he's standing up to yell, "Burn, burn, burn!" Yeah, fucked oh, up. It's, it's great. And then also like Tepe's lead guitar playing is, I, I love like the hammer-ons that he uses, like between like the breaks and and Dustin's vocals. I think it's just just really kind of it's almost subtle but it it's just it stands out so much like it shouldn't stand out as much as it does and because everything's just like so fast-paced and just kind of like not chugging well it's kind of like galloping and chugging at the same time it's yes the guitar playing on this one is fantastic too i felt i felt like the the entire song was essentially like like a mob moving forward and you're stuck in the middle and you can't really like move or get out but if you really Mm. really wanted to you could and that's where yeah. Tepe's guitar playing those little, the, like those little lead parts. Like that was, mm-hmm. those, those were like glimpses of our of our character here thinking to himself, like his conscious saying, "Dude, you can get you like you can leave if you want. You can do something." But because the song is so driving forward, he just he feels like he's stuck. He feels like he has to stay, and he does. Yeah. And so I think like the back and forth between like the story and the guitar and the rest of the instruments is, like I said, man, this was a fantastic world that was built. And then never mm-hmm. touched upon again. Like that's that's the beauty of it too. Like yeah. this wasn't like a totally conceptual album, and and like it just, they didn't further this character or anything. It was like one and done, and it was a perfect short story, and it was 
amazing. Yeah, and it, and it's like and it you can't complain because it's it's so good. Like it it can stand on its own and just be perfectly fine. You could be perfectly fine with that. It's it's crazy. And I, I like Riley's drums a lot in this too. Like a lot of the how he plays reminds me of Lars Ulrich, but better. Like with the with a lot of like the the crash hitting with the, with the crash. What is what is what is that called? Like a crash stop? I don't even know what the proper term is. Like where you where you hit the crash, but you you stop it real quick before yeah, it rings out. That's acceptable. He does that like that's very like Lars Ulrich. So he does that a lot, and it just sounds so good with the starting and stopping of it all. And oh man, I, I think everybody kind of shines in this song. So and then Eddie just kind of rolls along and just having a good time. <laughs> I will say, since we're on the the topic of the musicianship, um, Eddie is, is besides like one song. He's I don't know. I, I don't want to say he's bad, but he's like the the least favorite part of this album for me, as as far I as the four of them go. Yeah, because everybody else like really shines. Yeah, it just it was just hard. Yeah. But yeah. but Dustin's my favorite vocally. He's my favorite. I think his vocals were great. His lyrics were even better. And then number mm-hmm. two for me was Riley. Yeah, I, I've always liked Riley's playing a lot. He, he's changed a lot over the years, but he's been like consistently good. And he, you could tell, like even like on beggars and stuff like that, like he kind of challenges his play, his own playing with like different, just I, I don't even, not even not time signatures, but just he has very unique beats that are very uncommon in that style of music. So I, I feel mean, like he's always pushed himself. He's always just like so crisp, and he's just yeah. Everything is so tight, and then when the band seems like they're 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 going at it and and being like super hardcore and they're chuggy, he's still tight. He's still crisp, and so it yeah. kind of adds again like that that extra touch to it. Because I mean, dude, how many fucking hardcore bands have we heard where their blast beats are essentially just garbage? This is trash. <laughs> yeah. Well, blast you know? beats for the most part are kind fucking of just a. Like, are but weak, but. But like some drummers can make blast beats sound fantastic and add little tiny flares to it or keep it really tight or True. whatever it is. And, and Riley can do it. He can he can keep everything so tight even when the band's like falling apart. And I don't know. I Like I didn't I read a little bit about his backstory, but I don't know if if he's ever like trained classically, because usually when people are this good, you usually have some like their father is a jazz musician or their mother was like a jazz musician too i guess i don't know (laughs) (laughs) as far as i know he would neither him or eddie ever were ever taught they were they were both self-taught and i don't think either one of their parents ever were were ever musicians so this is all just straight up them (laughs) like it's all them which is even it's pretty impressive if you think about it especially in riley's case i feel because he has he does a lot of cool stuff but then that that also might make it make him the player he is because he wasn't confined to to musical theory or certain ways of playing you know like he can kind of do whatever he wants and explore because he just doesn't know better it's it's, that's kind of like the beauty of being self-taught yeah so i don't know so that's under a killing moon we got any more should we move on to the next the next we can move on to the next is cold cash and colder hearts any one of your bangers it's not like in my my high banger. Okay. Well, I just want to talk about like the lyrics there because okay, it's my the, out, banger, but okay. the outro lines in here I thought were were solid. The the mm-hmm. they are no one, they are nowhere. That thing, that part yeah. that reminded me of Zach and like the way he spoke the lyrics in from Maria. Oh yeah, like that. That's nobody, right. nowhere, no one, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I just I thought, I don't know, man. Just like calling people 
nothing and, and basically erasing them from existence because they are nobody is just so, it's so heavy and it's so true and it's so relevant and, but yeah, it's to this day. But nobody even fucking cares. Mm-hmm. Like nobody even cares. And I, I just, I thought those, those last two lines were, were so good, but this is yeah. not one of my bangers, but it was really good. But, but lyrically the song is very rage against the machine too. It's, it's, it's talking about mainly the U S and how they just don't care about yeah. people. They they have no compassion for people. They, they destroy other countries or help other countries depending on how you think. But yeah, it's just, it's very rage against the machine lyric wise. But it's just, it's it, complacency for people who aren't struggling. Mm-hmm. And even like in our own country too, like read this whole stimulus thing that's, that's coming out and money. And it's like, well, you know, it's, that's fine. Cause I could use $600, but it's like, there are people that are, are probably going to be homeless pretty damn soon, if not already. And six hundred dollars yeah. is going to do nothing, literally nothing. <laughs> but who cares, right? Because I'm getting six hundred bucks. So fuck it. <laughs> I know, right? It's 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 crazy how they've spun this whole the whole thing, this whole stimulus thing. It's it's so disgusting. Like, and how people are just people are just falling for it because the oh, I hate the way the media spins this. It, it's disgusting. Like, and then like even like the president coming out and talking about the $2,000 when obviously he's not going to do it. He's just doing it. So it makes it, he's just causing trouble. Yeah. And causing it, trouble. Yeah. That's a good word. That's a good way to put it's it. just so, it's just so petty and it's just so dumb, man. Like these politicians, presidents, like Barack Obama was doing shit too. That was just so just to cause issues for like no good reason. Just, and the media just loved it. it ugh. But it doesn't matter it. because we're getting six hundred dollars. That's all that matters is the six hundred bucks. Yeah. And as soon as we get that check, like for the majority of people, all of these issues are going to go bye bye, and no one's going to yep. care, and it'll be forgotten. Nobody, no one. <laughs> I love yeah. that song. Yeah. Um, what is your what is your what's your two B? My two B is Paper Tigers. Oh. Is that your three B? Yeah, it's my three B. Uh, okay. Let's get into that then. What, what do you got? What's your what's your ready? Uh, what are your thoughts on that one? Again, they do a good job at intros. I love all their intros. They're really good. I like mm-hmm. I like when he lets his hardcore vocals drag out. Vocals. Vocals drag out, especially when the music doesn't slow down for him. Like yeah. it's like a nice contrast. Like he's he's kind of like going slow and grasping for air, and the music's just like, no, nah, we're not stopping. And then yeah. at at the one twenty five times you know, this one too. At the one twenty five mark when the song like this, when the song really kicks in with the, like the lead noodling mm-hmm. fucking. Oh dude, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, it's like those little short notes that these kids played were always cool. <laughs> and like these, like they, they do such a good job. It's so basic though. It's so done. It's so of its time. It's so stupid. Yeah. I don't know well, why the, I love and, it so much. And the, the intro to this song is just kind of chaotic too. It's just, it's just like that that high that high ringing note kind of going and just Riley's going nuts on the drums. It's kind of a mess of an intro, but it it sounds so good, especially coming after Stare at the Sun. Ah, oh, I love it. Let's, should we play a little bit of Paper Tigers? Get more into it. Yeah. Okay. So here's uh, Paper Tigers from the Thrices. <laughs>
There you go. Paper Tiger from Thrice. What a fucking song. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, just right from the get-go, you're just being thrown into this, this just chaotic, heavy mess. It's and then just the way it ends too. Oh my god, the song. Dude, that that that, like the with our blood part, mm-hmm. dude, money. It is money, and then everything kind of just leads up to that that bridge with the harms. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's the harms it's are good. really cool. Dude, it's just it's it's a good it's a good change of pace, but it doesn't slow down really. No, not at all. It's it's a great lead up into like you said, a great lead up into the to the outro with we paid the price, we pay. F- for their crimes with our blood and then he's just like screaming with our blood just over and over again it's and well he says with our blood and our lives paid with our blood it's just damn dude what a fucking song <laughs> and then like you were saying too at 125 was when riley comes in with that that drum that drum part and then it goes into like a different song almost and i love that I love the way he sings or he screams this part when he says light the world on fire. And the way he says fire, it's like fire. Like it's, it's not like a normal way of saying fire, <laughs> but it's always like really stood out to me ever since I first heard it. It's just, so light the world on fire just to watch it burn. It'll be their funeral pyre, but they never seem to learn great fucking lyrics. Great stuff. I, I Dude, like the, th- that light the world on fire just to watch it burn part is just so it's cool. And then they said it in Batman too. Right? Remember the whole like Joker yeah. analogy in Batman? It was just like, that's so, that's so cool. That's just cool. <laughs> just the way he presents it too. Just the way he screams it is just so cool, man. It, uh, and it, the Riley part leading into it, it. I love it. I love this fucking song. It's a good one. Uh, so what do you got lyrically on it? Uh, this was, I don't know. This is all right. It, it was b- bad people doing bad things, and then we're the victims. We're the ones who pay for their greed and vengeance. Yeah. Hey. And I guess this is like based off of a, a, a speech that General Mao gave, um, who was the leader of China back in, through part of the 1900s, World War II and stuff. And I guess he, the paper tiger came from some sort of, uh, like, what was it? Like a Chinese phrase or something like that? I, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but. Yeah, it's just I don't know. the concept of a paper tiger is itself. It's just kind of goofy, right? A tiger's fierce, but it's made of paper. So who's it really yeah. gonna hurt? Yeah, and that's and that's what he's saying. And in the lyrics too, like you know, the the government's not as big and powerful as we think it is, but they make us believe it is through propaganda and media, and the media and everything like that. But we can really turn around and and turn things around in life if we really wanted to. But we're told that we we can't do it, which is it's an interesting idea the way he, he presents it it was interesting in the song but okay. man dude what a banger i agree what i what was really cool too was the the part where before it gets into the 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 melodic bridge when well he Bradley does it quite a bit when he goes like he, he does this really cool drum pattern i can't even like mimic it it's so stupid it sounds so stupid <laughs> but there's this drum pattern he does that it, it sounds so cool to transition from one part to the other but he does it best leading into that melodic bridge. I thought it was just fantastic. I don't know, man. What else you got? 4B? We're on 4B? No, we're on 3B. That was my oh, 3B. No, no. Oh, no. What is your 3B? My 3B. My 3B is Hoods on Peregrine, mm, the one I read after this. It's my 7B. 
that's so low, and that has a little like bass part too. I know that's you know, that's the only one really. Actually, there's another one too that kind of. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. do you want to talk about hits on Peregrine? Do you want to talk about your four B? What do you want to do? It's it's kind of funny. The hoods on that song is uh, the intro reminds me of Halo. You, do you remember the Halo theme song? I don't remember it. <laughs> oh, damn. Like if I don't know if you want to cue it up and play it, but it it reminded me so much of it and it made me giggle and laugh. Cause... Halo. The Halo video game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's just like the Halo theme song. I know Halo 1 and 2 for sure, but... All right. Do you, you want to get into this song, or what do you want to do? Uh, yeah, this is uh, this, this is a cool one. <laughs> I think like the <laughs> outro in this song is probably my favorite part of it. I think uh, I think Riley does a great job overall at speeding up and slowing down the pacing of the song. Mm-hmm. And leading up to that outro, that's, dude, go crazy. Go! Mm-hmm. Go! They, that's what they... they they do it really well on this record, especially the buildup to like this really awesome outro. They kind of do it a little bit on the first two records, but man, their outros on the, on this album are like almost unmatched. They're fucking fantastic. So, I mean, I'll play a little bit of it and then we'll touch on the lyrics and maybe some more of the music. So here's a hoods on Peregrine from Thrice. There's a bit of hoods on Peregrine from Thrice. I don't know why you don't like. Are you sure this is a song that you you think is only your seventh banger? Yeah, because this song has like everything you like in it. I I don't get it. It has like really cool drums from Riley. It has a lot of bass. I don't get it. How is this your seventh banger? There's because there's six other songs that are better. <laughs> there's a really cool lead right up in the front, uh, right in front of the first verse too. That's really cool. I like that. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I, I think it's That's, a fantastic song. It's good. It's a good. It's a banger. Eddie kills it. Eddie kills it on the bass here. That doom, bam, boom, 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 bam. It's just the little Halo theme. Yep. It's not Halo. No, it's not. Yeah. It's I, not I honestly, I'm I'm a little surprised that you did not see anything or hear anything from that Halo theme song. I did not at all. That's. I think that's a little. I, I think you're wrong. I definitely <laughs> do. I think the. I think like the the just the musical progression is is very similar. The percussion is very similar. 
No, that's it's right. not. No, it's not. I, I, no. I honestly think that objectively they are they are similar in some aspects. And I'm not just saying that because I want to be right, but I do honestly think that they are very, very similar. I really, I honestly, man, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. That honestly makes me question like your capability of even dissecting music in general. <laughs> like, dude, I'm being fucking dead serious. I, I am surprised that you saw nothing in common. Like nothing. nothing. That's I. That to me is is shocking. Hey, it's the way she goes. It's the I way guess. she goes. <laughs> I guess. All right. All right. Uh, and lyrically, in the, this song, this kind of like almost goes hand in hand with cold with the first song, "Cold Cash, Cold Hearts." Um, cold cash and cold hearts. Sorry, it goes along with that in saying like you need to like start to question what you're being told by the powers that be because they're just feeding you just like just the same shit and you need to start questioning everything because you're being deceived and that's that's pretty much what this song is about and i feel like it's a nice it's a it's a good way to transition from that song lyrically from the first song to this song it's it goes hand in hand so i was reading a uh, I, I was reading a review that just somebody did on the internet of this and when they got to this song they used the phrase conspiracy theory about questioning the government and what they're doing. And then it made, kind of, it made me kind of realize that that term is used so often that, that it's, it's suspect, right? It's, it's yeah. to discount any, any kind of questioning or any kind of going against a grain to label it as a conspiracy theory. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. I, I, I get what you're saying now. <laughs> but then it already diminishes your argument. Yeah. And is. But then for like lack of a better term, it's it's hard to to think of another term to use besides conspiracy theory, but it's, it's not like, I don't know, like conspiracy theory is, is a fine term, but because of so much, because of the amount of negative connotations that are attached to it, you it, can't take it seriously. You can, it diminishes arguments like right from the get go and it's not yeah. fair and silly. But I think that's the point of it. Like when, when you hear like, when you hear like mainstream media or, or, or government or whoever say, or use the, use the term conspiracy theory to in any context, it's always in a disparaging way. It's always discounting whoever they're, they're referring to. And it's, it's shitty. It's really shitty. And people believe it. They believe that shit. You know, it's like most notably, I think Alex Jones is probably the biggest person who has been labeled permanently as a conspiracy theorist. No matter Mm -hmm. what he says, here's Alex Jones, conspiracy theorist. It's not like here's Alex Jones radio host. Here's Alex Jones author. It's Alex Jones conspiracy theorist. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they've totally dis. I mean, he is a little wacky, but I mean, he does have he does bring up a lot of good points, and it, it's it's sad. Like just, his his views are no no more or less valid than ours. No, I'm, I'm not. So, I'm talking about validity, but he's still a little bit wacky. Like when you break it down, like he he's also a kind of guy because I've listened to him plenty of times, and I've and I. He he just he kind of he's one of those people who just believes everything he hears and reads like without any sort of questioning like he'll just believe it but then he does have those moments where like okay <laughs> you are making sense now like you you're 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 not like going off the handle and just losing your mind like he he has these like moments of um like uh what am i thinking what's the word i'm thinking moments of, of clarity where he does moments, seem yeah, like he's making clarity. sense and Yes, but exactly. yeah, but I, I like the point is like labeling somebody as 
anything is dangerous. And True. I mean, that's the point of the song. Okay. Uh, let's move on to your 4B. What do you got for your 4B? 4B. Let me scroll real quick. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh, blood clots. Blood clots and black holes. Now, that's a hot topic okay. fucking line if I ever heard one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but again, dude, these guys are pretty pop punky sometimes. Like, if they changed a couple notes and played mm-hmm. in like major scales, they'd be a solid pop punk band. Like, they would be good. Yeah, at they pop could punk. Be. Yeah, they could be. But this is they still good. Be, Nothing yeah. wrong with this. And this is fantastic. And they just, I don't know. I like it. I, I like it. I like okay. it more lyrically than I do musically, but I think musically it's fine. It's fantastic. Well, this is more like an introspective thing. I guess kind of like talking about himself, but I guess talking or more talking about the people around him, I guess you could say. It's not like anti-government. It's not about faith. Well, it's kind of about faith, but I feel like it's more introspective than, than what we've talked about already. Yeah, it's... I know I I definitely agree. I think this this song is about how painful life can be, but it's painful for everyone and there's but there's no shame in like breaking down and I think that he is yeah. like again ahead of its time, right? Like now now we have like mental health days that we can take and 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 work on ourselves and our mental health, but at this time you're just being a wuss. You're just you're just being an emo wuss and ahead of its time and and i don't think i mean i don't know too much about his backstory or whatever outside of the band but from what i read it looks like he was not afraid to take a mental health day way before it was cool he was not afraid to break down and cry in front of people way before it was cool like he was doing things before they were cool yeah and that's kind of i feel like i i get what you're saying but he's also kind in this song he's also kind of talking about like you can you can take care of yourself, but do it in a non-destructive way. Like you don't have to do drugs. You don't have to sell. You don't have to like cut yourself. You don't have to do anything like that. You don't have to have an eating disorder. Like like just just think just think about yourself and just focus on yourself to better yourself. Whether that, but only do it in a positive way. You know, just don't hurt yourself. And that 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 is what he's saying in the song. It, it's a pretty effective song. It's a pretty like anti-suicide anti i guess self-arm <laughs> that's that's another the only other way i can think of it it is it, i see i don't want to i don't want to like straight say that it is that because he does acknowledge and and he is kind of saying i understand why you're doing this mm-hmm. but he's not saying like i disagree that you're doing it he's it's almost like he's saying like i understand why you're doing it i get it i i, I sympathize with you I want to show you a different way if, if you want, like if you want, like he's not telling people, he's not being preachy, you know, like even being preachy yeah. is telling people don't cut yourself. Don't, don't take pills. Don't do these things. He's not telling people not to do it. He's, he's offering people and again, a door to another way. It's just, yeah. he's letting you come to the conclusion. And I like that's, that's great. That's what a, I don't know. That's, that's what somebody in power should be doing, right? Showing you the path, but letting you actually take the, take it and open the door yeah yeah exactly oh shit let's um let's play a little bit of this song then so here's uh blood clots and black holes
All right, there's a bit of blood clots and black holes from Thrice. And uh, here's another great instance where their breakdown and their outro is really fucking good. When it's just the, he's screaming down and it's just Riley hitting the snare drum, that roll. It's so good. That's just like a, I don't know, like the only thing that comes to mind is is Jonathan Davis breaking down at the end of the Corn album, right? Like it's yeah, it's it's impactful. It's it's it gets you. It's 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 intense. It's oof. very intense. Yeah, <laughs> like this song's really good. Love him or hate him, like that that part. I don't know. Just seeing like a somebody being so vulnerable is always it's, it's hard. Yeah, especially when it's authentic. You know, it's not like an actor doing it when you actually see a real person breaking down. That's it's tough. Dude, the last line of this song too, though, like the 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 lift the veil. It's not medicine. My heart fails time and time again. Yeah. Like the way I read this was, like he's saying, like lift the veil. You know, lift the shit over your eyes. Don't think that taking pills or hurting yourself is helping you. It's not medicine. But then mm-hmm. also acknowledging, kind of like I don't know what to, like I don't know I, I don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. I know that's not the answer, but I don't have the answer. And then he's acknowledging too that he also hurts over and over and over and over. So they're in the yeah. same boat, but he knows you shouldn't be doing that, but he doesn't know what you should be doing. And that's that's so human, right? You know yeah. something's wrong, but you don't know what the right thing to do is. But you know mm-hmm. that's wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's that's human. That's being vulnerable. Like I, I don't know, man, this uh, these lyrics, these lyrics really connected with me this week for for this album. They were really good. I, <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. I, I liked them a lot. I I was I was surprised too. I mean, I guess for as long as I've you know liked this band, I've never ever dove into his lyrics ever. And I was I was so pleasantly surprised. I thought this this album lyrically was just perfect. Honestly, it was perfect lyrically. I, I love I, it. I think so too. I mean, the, the, these aren't even my like my favorite songs lyrically either. We're I'm right at like four B here, and this is still not my favorite lyric song. <laughs> All right, it's pretty. Uh, should it's we, pretty good. Should we move on to the to the next one then? Yeah, but that was my that was blood clots. My four B. So my four B is where the fuck is my four B? Oh, it's abol the uh, uh the abolition of man. Abolition that is my number four. Man. That was an Toward okay one for it. me. Really? Yeah. It starts off pretty intense. Yeah, I like again, this this song, the song has a lot of things that should make it interesting, like his cool vocals, it's heavy, there's really mm. cool leads. But I don't know, it just it didn't do it for me overall. I thought it was kind of whatever's. Hmm. The bridge wonder, is like the bridge is really the only part that I really really liked and it was really cool and had this cool Middle Eastern like tinge to yeah. it. Oh, that part's really cool. I thought that was awesome, but overall, I don't know. I I don't know why this didn't do it for me. Interesting. Okay, I mean, we can we can kind of skip it. I mean, because we have quite a few songs to talk about still. So no, this is. I mean, just really quick again, lyric lyrically here. Like mm-hmm. I, I I like the way this goes. I like questioning science as much as questioning faith. When we stop questioning things and accept what we're told, like it gets dangerous. And but also, I on the same token, I also like the idea of not dissecting something so much that we lose its meaning a throwback to Mm -hmm. stare at the sun when he talks about how he sees the pieces more than the whole kind of like missing the forest or the trees saying 
Mm-hmm. Like, you I love that scene. Dude, I love it because it's so like it's it's so true. And I say it to you a lot because <laughs> I say it like almost every episode. <laughs> it, that's why it was so crazy when when he he said the pieces as a whole. I was like, holy shit, there it is. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I I dig it. I like it's again like the abolition of man, and this is based on another story. Yeah, by C.S. Lewis. Want to get yeah. into it, whatever. But they, like again, like him kind of going back and forth within himself. He says that he wants to question everything, but not too much to where you lose the meaning of something. Yeah. And you know, you should question faith just as much as you should question science. Like, why don't we question science as much as we question faith? I don't know. Because uh, because science is based in fact, and that is why people say you can't argue science, which I don't think is right. Because but. numbers numbers are what they are. Absolutely. They look a two looks like a fucking two. But they can mean so many different things. Just like words can mean so many different things. Facts can be skewed. Facts can be jaded to mean whatever you want them to fucking mean. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. You're Just right. as much as faith can. So that's mm-hmm. that's solid. I like I like that aspect of this song, but it wasn't a banger for me. Interesting. I, I do want to touch upon too the abolition of man, the title you you I know you said you didn't really want to talk about it, but it's important too because it, it is the title of a of, of a book or a short story from C.S. Lewis. And if you don't know who C.S. Lewis is, he's most famous for the Chronicles of Narnia books as well as like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Like those are his two big things. But he also wrote like really good science fiction novels. Like he's an amazing writer, but Dustin references C.S. Lewis so much throughout throughout so many different songs because C.S. Lewis was, he was very much about faith, but he was, he also questioned his own faith quite a bit, much like Dustin does as well as everything. Like he, C.S. Lewis is also very philosophical in the way he, he wrote his stories and his his characters and everything. Like he, he, he's one of my favorite authors because he has such a sarcastic and kind of dry way of writing but he also, in his writing, he questions a lot of what the characters are doing, and it's it's fascinating. I think he's he was an amazing amazing writer. So I, I, I feel like that has to be touched upon. I've never read any of the Chronicles of Narnia, but I have read. It's weird. I don't read a lot, but I read reviews of other things a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I have read like people say that there are a lot of Christian elements to Chronicles of Narnia, but then like oh, hardcore yeah. Christians don't like it because it questions Christianity itself and this fictional land of as Aslan Aslan well Narnia Aslan, Aslan is essentially God or Jesus oh okay yeah was so, the name so of like school paper no the Aslan I think that's what it was oh but but like the first book of Narnia was like essentially like Genesis and then the last book the last revelation was revelations like so he kind of he kind of very very loosely wrote all the stories and all the all seven books kind of with the references to the Bible all the way through, but not like in a preachy way at all. But what a, like what a, what a, what a gangster, right? Like alienating, alienating his non-Christian fans by writing kind of Christian stuff, but then alienating his Christian fans by writing kind of unchristian like shit. Like he didn't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. And, and what, one of my favorite things he ever wrote was, in my favorite book ever, which was The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, is my favorite book. But he's, he, there's a part in the book where he, the, the professor is talking to the kids and the kids are saying, 
you know, my sister's telling a lie or we, she has to be telling the lie and he breaks it down and he, he says, well, she's, she, it, it's one of two things. Like it's either, it's either she's lying or she's telling the truth and like, well, well, it can't be true. It's so outlandish. And he's like, what do they teach these kids in schools? Logic, logic. Why don't they teach logic? And it's totally true. Like we're not, we're not taught to be logical people. We're taught to memorize things and, and just like follow, just follow the status quo. And he was questioning this back in like the forties, you know, when he wrote these books. So it's just really interesting. Like he, he references these little things like calling out modern at the time, modern culture, which nowadays is still just as relevant. So C.S. Lewis was so ahead of his time. It's insane. That's my little tangent. That was good. That was a good. That was a good tangent. That was a GT. I guess. So, Damn. what do you got for your five five B, five B? Right. Yeah, five B. That's all that's left. Ooh, I I thought this would be lower for you. Okay. All that's left. Love that intro. Little little pop punky palm mutes. Little PPPs. <laughs> little PPPs with the with the, the, with the freestyling on the the drums. Dude, crisps, crisp sounding drums right there. Yeah. Um it's funny the uh, melody here is kind of whiny mm-hmm. and I like I appreciate it for being like pre alchemy too because the music's really rad and I love it but it's kind of whiny. But the, I still like the, it. The vocals. Yeah. You mean right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. A ghost. It, like it's very kind of It's it's very emo, I guess. And dude, the, the like Riley goes after it Almost the whole time too. A lot of great fills. I love how he church churches up like those chicka chickas, you know, like the like I don't know, whatever the fuck he does. It's so cool, dude. Like everybody in the band can do chicka chickas, right? Guitarists, yeah, bass players, drummers, singers, everybody can do chicka chickas. Yeah, you got to church them up a little bit. Got to church them up. The one thing I've I remember one Annie a long time ago, friend of the pot, Annie, she um she when this album came out, I remember her saying, or shortly after I met her, she was saying she didn't like this song very much because this entire record was the first time where Dustin had done all the backing vocals. So on the first two records, it was like Tepe, Riley and Eddie did any backup vocals, any harms, anything like that. But this is the first one. Dustin did everything. And this song, you can really hear it. You can hear like the overdubs and you can hear the harms and the backgrounds are all Dustin, which kind of sucks. You know, it would have been cool if it was like the rest of the band or at least Tepe or something doing the harms. Depending on, depending on like why, why certain things are the way that they are. Why are you the way that you are, Toby? I, (laughs) I can take something different from it. So if like Dustin was overpairing and overpowering and, you know, vetoed everybody else's thing and that's why it sounds like this, then it'll mean something different than mm. if it was a band decision and they wanted him to do it by himself. It just means something different. The reason why they chose to do it that way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you get like you gotta know this is why we get into it, baby. This is why we dive. Yeah. This, no, this is know. why we I do know. what we do. I know. All right, let's play a little bit of all that's left and then we'll get into the lyrics and probably some more of the music. So here's uh here's all that's left from Thrace.
All right, there's a little bit of all that's left from Thrice. There you go. All right. What were you going to... Okay, so let, let's jump into the lyrics. Oh. Sound good to you? Oh. Oh, wait. So what do you got for the lyrics? Oh, all that's left. I like, uh, I like his usage of shadows here. Like, the shadows never look the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. the concept of a shadow is... Uh, I don't know. Besides, in like Peter Pan, we really don't talk about shadows too much, right? Shadow, True, I guess. Yeah, because they don't ever change. Shadows don't go away. They don't change. They do whatever you do. It's it's they're constant, but mm-hmm. but it's not. It's just how you perceive your shadow. And like I imagine, I imagine the shadow never looks the same. That line is is like a reference to the author always looking up in life when religion. You know, because he's always looking up in the clouds, but when religion let him down, or when he questioned his faith and nothing happened, or whatever it was, now he's having their head down, looking at the shadow, and he's saying, "Damn, my shadow's like, my shadow itself is looking down too." But he never noticed his shadow looking up because he was always looking up. So it's just like mm-hmm. his perception. He's thinking that his shadow looks different, but it just looks the same. He just never noticed. It. He never saw it. Fuck, that's some deep shit right there. Whatever it means, I don't know if it means anything, but I don't know. It's just it's just weird, right? Like like no, facts and numbers, they they can mean it, anything. It's how you perceive them. But it does make sense because this this song is, to me is about him questioning his life and where he's going in life and how when you're young, or how when you, once you grow up you're just a shadow of your younger self. Like there are so many parts of it that just don't exist in you anymore, and that's kind of what it is. And it's just like questioning how did I get from point A to point B. It's just him questioning every all of his his past life, and even like that so, I mean, that, makes that, sense. that concept right of of when you're a kid you just want to get older and then when you're older you just want to be a kid again that that mm-hmm. perception I mean just we're we're everyone f- experiences it we're a finicky group of humans like we, the humans are stupid yeah. as fuck. <laughs> it's true. Dumb. Very true. <laughs> Very dumb. <laughs> this was a banger oh, dude, of a song. I love this song. I love it's so fun to sing along to too. It's very very catchy. Like the with the the background vocals and the they're almost like back and forth. Almost I don't want to say taking back Sunday like, but they're kind of back and forth and it's it's fun. It's fun to sing along to. But I think this is like when it comes to like pop or pop punk songs, this is the best one on here. Way better than Artist. Like a 100 times better than Artist. The way they they like transition from riffs like if you watch, if you listen to pop punk music, a lot of the times when they transition from power chord to power chord, there's that when they're strumming, strumming, and then they'll change to a power chord and they'll really hit the downstroke hard and then go to the strum, 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 and then change and bam, hit that downstroke. But then as they do it, you know, they jerk their body or, you know, I don't know, flip yeah. their hair no, to the I side. It's, it's just a very pop punk thing to do. And yeah. they did it a lot in this song. Yeah, they, oh yeah, definitely. And even like the the opening riff that the the dun, dun, ding, oh, the, so the, the low to high part. If you notice, I didn't really notice it until this week, but it reminds me a lot of Fat Lip from Some Forty One. Oh yeah, it does. That dun 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 bing, ba, ba, bum, ba. It's very much the the low and the high. <laughs> it's so weird. I've listen, I've listened to both of those songs hundreds of times, and I just now made that connection. <laughs> that's funny yes yeah, so weird like, again dude like these guys like pop punk me like you know they're from what irvine 
Yeah, they're from Irvine. Oh, come yeah. on, dude. The Orange County pop punk scene, please. <laughs> I know. Please. Especially when they started in 98, you know, just like Blink were just starting dude. to blow up. Please. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy that they're they're like they're so local and like one of the 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 tamest part, literally the tamest part of Orange County. That's where they're from. Like the most vanilla part of Orange County <laughs> is Irvine, and that's where they're from. Yeah. Suburban, just like the most boring city in I California, know. probably. The most, one of the most boring cities I've ever been to in my life. I lived there, too, for really? a year. It was boring. <laughs> Great pizza, though. Great pizza. Yeah, it's okay. Are we good with all that's left? What do you want to do? Um, I mean, my favorite song lyrically I would like to get into, but that's fine. Oh, no. Well, what is it? Or Okay, let's let's get into that. Um, let's get into your, your favorite song lyrically, and then we'll talk about some of the background of the, the album. Sound good? You got it. Okay, so what's your favorite song lyrically on here? My favorite song lyrically is also my 6B, Stare at the Sun. Um, oh, dude, okay. I think, uh, do you not like this? No, I love this song. Oh. I absolutely love this song. This is, uh, is that, is that Eddie? Is that, is that Eddie going? Go Eddie on Go? Yeah, is that, is he yeah. going like Cray Cray right there? Yeah, that's him on the bass. Well, who do you think it was? He's the bass player. Well, I don't know because there's like the only time where he really like went like, went crazy and did something really really cool so maybe i thought it was like tepe going real low i don't know because they do some did weird you, they do some weird tunings watch did you not watch the music video did you not watch live videos i don't watch any live videos and i did watch the music videos yeah but i didn't i guess i just didn't notice you just didn't pay attention but it's not it's not unheard of because some of the tunings i've used in the past <laughs> like, and on this one have been a little weird yeah because they used they for a period they were using like baritone guitars and tuning those down lower so i i, I yeah I so i it was and, and then like this was like the only time again like on the album where he like he went for it but it was really cool i, I like that but the, the singing on this reminded me so much of matt Pryor. just the right. way the way it came out a little bit raspy just very very emo very very mm-hmm. of its time and and i liked it i even loved the little solo it was simple it was earnest kind of dumb but I went with the song <laughs> yeah okay I, I get it. I think this is like this one's another really fun one to sing, to sing along to. And every time it, it ends, I'm like, ah, oh, I want to, I want to hear more of this. And, but then you know, Paper Tigers comes on. You're like, okay, now I'm really into this. But there, there's always, for me, there's always like that moment where like I just want to hear more music, more songs like Stare at the Sun. I think it's this is my five B. But uh, yeah, I I think this is an absolute banger. And with the 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 guitar the, that strum with the effect at the beginning and then Eddie comes in with just that that riff just playing over and over and over again and then it almost sounds like Dustin is like I don't want to say rapping but he his his vocal style is very different than the rest of the record I don't know he sings like very fast but not in an aggressive way so it, it's it's kind of cool I, I'm telling you, I don't know for I don't know why. Cause it's not, it's not like really, really similar, but it really reminded me of Matt Pryor from the Get Up I Kids. I see. I don't know, no, I don't know enough Get Up Kids or, or solo stuff to really. I mean, I listen to all their records, but I can't really make that distinction at the moment. I wish I would have seen, because I, I, I remember that Dustin and Matt played together, like acoustic stuff with Chris Conley. Yeah. But then I looked it up, and they also played with Anthony Ranieri, who was in or who is in Bayside. I don't know. That would have been a really cool show to see just four guys they were, playing acoustic. 
that were they okay so i i was because i've seen i've seen dustin play live like solo live like maybe three four times over the years and matt i don't think matt Pryor ever played with him the only the only opener i ever saw was chuck reagan from hot water music opened up for dustin but i don't may, maybe at one of those shows matt Pryor did and i saw him play and i probably it was forgettable for me i don't know oh well, there was but like a whole tour. The, the tour was called like "Where's the Band," and it was it was then. What year was that? I don't know. Probably like right around high school for us. I I would guess. Hmm. Okay, because I think the first time I saw Dustin play live was like 2007 or 2008. So if like if that was that tour, then I I I saw it, and I just don't remember. <laughs> it was lost on me. Hmm. But, well, yeah. that's I don't know. That is that is not what I wanted to hear. I know. I'm sorry. That is okay. <laughs> um, but back to stare at the sun. So yeah. should we play it? What do you want to do? Then get into the lyrics or what? You, you, uh, you do you. You. Let's play it. Okay. Let's play it. Well, and then we'll we'll yeah, play talk about some track. more music and possibly, or definitely the lyrics. Here we go. Stare at the sun. there we go stare at the sun from thrice can we also talk about how like uh eddie plays like that that awesome part on the bass during the verses and then tepe comes in with the high part to accommodate it yeah uh, that's i love that like that, i love that so much that that high and low contrast is, is fantastic oh. and i think it it goes it's 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 a good and it's a good combination with the lyrics. Like it's it's everything's yeah. in unison. Everything is in is in harmony. The yin and the yang are there. But also his it's not just the the high and the low, it's the guitar tone. Like it has that like 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 that buttery sound, like that just that amazing smooth, like uh like slightly distorted tone to it. I it's perfect. 
that tone is perfect. And it just works so well in the song. It's so warm sounding. Yeah. Uh, they just they have this really good way of just making you feel like I don't know, just just a certain way, just musically, without the lyrics. Take the lyrics and vocals out. They just have a way to just kind of make you feel a certain way. It's it's so cool. What do you got on the lyrics? Lyric. Oh, this is oh, this is my this is my favorite yeah, one. Yeah, you didn't even touch upon it lyrically. Oh, well, I deleted my notes for um for uh, the music, and I just I guess I just skipped over the lyrics. Whatever. Uh, I I like I like the again going into in line with what we've been talking about. I like the idea of people questioning faith. Like on all sides of the spectrum, like even atheists have to have that inner dialogue of the possibility of a higher power. It's just oh, absolutely like I, you can't. I mean, you can, but but it's just naive. It is. It's it's naive. It's it's immature. It's 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 just stupid. You can't you can't just go your whole life without questioning even what you truly believe in. And these conversations can be so frustrating. And you can see yeah. the inner dialogue that he has in here. Like on the one hand, he understands that he doesn't always see the world, right? Doesn't always see the whole, yeah. but the parts. But he also understands that that no perfect plan will like unfurl in front of him. Like mm-hmm. it's not like he, all of a sudden one day everything's just gonna like he's gonna he's gonna get it. Like he he, he gets yeah. it. It takes time, and and I don't know that that it'll, it may take his whole life. And he's also willing to like stare into the sun and go blind just because he's gonna he, just because he wants an answer. As yeah, if like it, a child demanding like an ultimatum or something. And that's just, it's not the way to go about things. And he knows it's not the way to go about things, but he's so frustrated with his own beliefs that that's what, that's, that's what it comes down to sometimes. Yeah. Like the worst thing you could do. Like he takes it to the extreme in his frust- in his frustration. Another, another good, good thing on his part, like good way of like, not, not necessarily building a story, but like making you visualize what he's going through and just, empathize or even sympathize in some cases with what he's feeling and how he or how he's feeling i should say he's he has quite a way with words especially on this record it's it's insane i think it's it's just like a it's it's a nice it's a nice breath of fresh air to see somebody so so devout in their faith but also will question their own faith and then and then question themselves as to if they're even doing it right and even they understand like i have no fucking idea what i'm doing Right, like nobody yeah. has idea, nobody has any idea what they're doing, and and you know, I mean, like people hate, I don't just say hate, people dislike very religious people because they seem to to know what they're doing. They seem to have all of the answers, and the answer is one thing, at least to God or whatever mm-hmm. their deity is. And like that's not what you want to hear. That there's no conversation in that. There's no dialogue there. There's no back yeah. and forth. Those are absolutes. There, and only you, you can't you can't relate to people like that. Only because Sith's that's not real dealing life. absolutes, man. They just. <laughs> not fun <laughs> that's true no that's a good point that's a good point but here he is here he is questioning his own faith and i just i think that's unbelievable not just on like a lyrical standpoint but just as a person just like yeah. as, as a person that i respect i think that is unbelievable yeah he has a really great way of appealing to everybody it's it's so cool it's so cool and it's very difficult it's a very difficult thing to do to just really just relate to everybody and just present things in a relatable way. It's so cool. But even even the line, I'll stare into the sun and I won't close my eyes, like both literally and metaphorically, right? Like the last line is, and I won't close yeah. my eyes. That Until could also... I understand or I go blind. That could also be taken as like, I'm not going to close my eyes because I'm going to look at everything because I don't want to miss anything. 
not just I'm not going to yeah. close my eyes as I'm staring at the sun until God tells me what's it's supposed to happen. It's like, no, it's, I think, I think what he's saying, he's not going to, he's not going to close his eyes to somebody else who's not a Christian, you know, trying to t- convert him to something else. He'll listen to that person just as much as he'll listen to anybody else. Yeah, he's, he's open absolutely. to everything. He's just like an open dude from what it seems. Yeah. On, on this record. I, I think he is like, I don't know. I, I know some people have issues with his religion like fans do, but I think that that's outside of the lyrics. I think he's, a, he has a very good way of, of presenting his viewpoints in a non confrontational way. I don't know. man. I, I think it's, I think this is a, a banger of a song lyrically, musically. This is fantastic. It's so, good. It is, it it's, a, it's uh, really good. It was a good album. It was, it was good oh, fuck. For, for me. Like the highlight for sure were the lyrics and then the drumming. Yeah, surprisingly. But um, I don't yeah. know. I, I love this record. So some other songs we didn't touch upon just because we've talked about so much, but Silhouette is a big one. They play this song still live all the time. That's a big one. That's a popular one. But, I mean, do you want to get into that? It's kind of up to you. I don't this know. is this is like what their hardcore number, I guess. The the breakdown's cool, but yeah. it's but short. Overall, it's also generic. This, yeah, the, song's not, the song is not as heavy as you you're kind of led to believe which is kind of cool because the the beat and the guitars are very heavy and slow but vocally it's very airy and open so it, it kind of has that cool back that cool back and forth i guess you could say but i i love this song it's my 6b but okay so that's a good one the the lyrics are cool on that wax. One too. i yeah no i agree i think the lyrics on every song are really good on this this, so. this one was cool because again it was it was i thought this one was about someone who makes you feel like you don't even know yourself like like they yeah. see you for who you really are and it scares and it excites you and like your whole world's turned upside down just because of the way they look at you and you don't even know what the fuck they're even looking at because you question everything about yourself. You're like, I don't know who the fuck I am. <laughs> it's just, it's so giddy and it's so like childish, but it's so true. Yeah. It's so honest. Yep. Absolutely. And this one was kind of like based off of his wife too, or his girlfriend at the time. You know how she kind of saw through everything, all of his rock starness or whatever you could say you call it. Which is so really weird was. because he's already like an earnest dude. Like what the fuck? Like what? I know, right? <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah. So another one which I thought was cool lyrically, song wise, it's not a banger for me, but it's the melting point of wax. Um, because he kind of like it tells the story of Icarus and his son Dedalus. I don't know how to pronounce it. But I don't know much about it, but it's about like the sun flying too close to the sun and then <laughs> he loses his feathers and he falls to his death. And yeah, it's just, it's a pretty, it's an interesting story and the way he kind of blends it in with like, you know, modern, more modern lyrics, I guess you could say. And then there's like almost a sequel to the song in the song to Dallas, which I think is on, I think it's on Earth or air maybe yeah it's know. on it's on one of them because well, yeah. like, i think icarus is the kid and to dallas is the dad, dad. no no, no the, the son is the, the son is to dallas are you sure right oh no no, no you're, right, icarus, you're right you're right you're right you're icarus right. No, is you're the right. one that yeah yeah flew, flew flew too close to the sun yeah but i never i mean i never really paid attention to the story i just knew that like don't fly too close to the sun but that story always kind of goes hand in hand with like you should shoot for the stars right you should like do your best but but then people always say like, "Oh, he flew too close to the sun. He was too close to his goals, and he got burned." But that's not what the story's about, like at all. No, it's about pushing yourself, pushing yourself too far, pushing yourself to the limits. It's about hubris. You, it's about humility. It's he, the Dallas the dad made 
these these wings out of wax and feathers so they could flee danger. But he told his son, like, well, you know, stay level, just stay chill, like, you know, just let's let's mm-hmm. get out of here with our heads. Like, we don't need to do nothing crazy. We don't need nothing fancy. Don't fly too high because they'll melt. Don't fly too low to the ocean because the mist will, whatever the fuck mist did back in the ancient <laughs> days. I don't see how that would do anything. But so don't go too high. Don't go too low. He says, just be be mm-hmm. humble. Be be cool. Like, yeah, we can fly, but don't be a dick about it. And Icarus was a dick about it. He went too high and he flew too close to the sun. His wings melted and he fucking died. So it's like, it's, it's a story about like hubris. And that's, that's dude, like Dustin shows so much humility over the course of like, I should say the first half of their, of their career. I didn't really mm-hmm. listen to the lyrics after that, but yeah. they're all bad, but, <laughs> but I don't know that like he shows a lot of humility in, in his, in his lyrics, especially on this. Like he knows who he is. He knows his place. He knows. And again, like going into the theme with the artists and the ambulance, like he, he doesn't think that his music's going to change the world. He just hopes that it'll change somebody. Yeah. And that's all that really matters to him, at least at this point. So, and then, and then the the last song we haven't talked about is the last song on the album, Don't Tell and We Won't Ask. And lyrically, I like how this goes along with the first song. Like it, the, the beginning and the end of the record end with, you know, him criticizing the government, the senseless wars, the bloodshed, the propaganda. So it's a good way to start and end it. And then how he kind of trickled in the this certain theme throughout parts of the record was just dare I say genius that was good it's you start with a like a thesis statement right if you're writing an essay you start with your thesis you state in the beginning you give examples of that of why you shouldn't trust people why you should question things why questioning things should make you a better person why you should have hubris why you should have humility why you should do all these things and then to end it but don't forget you know fuck the government (laughs) that's good (laughs) yeah I know it is oh boy bring it back around again good stuff yeah uh and then just some like background stuff this this record was produced by um was it brendan mcturnan is that wait is that the first mcturnan yeah brian brian mcturnan who also produced uh the illusion of safety so they came back to him for this for this record and recorded and let him have him produce again then andy wallace you know, who's fucking mixed everything. Historic. Mixed this record as well. Yeah, he's a historic name. Um, but something I found, I read this week, which I didn't know about, that they they almost had Rick Rubin produce this record. That would have been nuts. But it also would have made sense because this is the major label debut on Island Records. And Island Records is, a, I think, a subsidiary of Def Jam, if I'm not mistaken, or some hip-hop, some hip-hop uh, label. So and Rick Rubin has done a lot with Island Records as well. So that would have been fucking crazy if Rick Rubin did this record, but that ended up not happening. I can, and then I can't even imagine what it would have sounded like, like bad or good. I I just honestly I just don't know because I already think it's I already think it's really good. Yeah i I don't think it would have had the same charm. Like like Rick Rick is great, but because he can can't force people like, to be like real, but Dustin's already being real. Yeah, like I don't know what he could have done to this band. Yeah, I just I don't know. It it's so weird to even think about that Rick Rubin was thought about. Yeah, so luckily he didn't, I guess. But did you read what other bands Brian McTurnan has produced and worked with? Uh, I don't think so, no. Oh, dude. I didn't know this until this week, but some great 
some really cool bands. So some you don't really like, but I'll start with the the bad and I'll end with the the good. So Hot Water Music, he's produced a couple of their records. Darkest Hour, he's done a bunch of their records. Okay. From Autumn to Ashes, Senses Fail. He did Circus Survives Jaterna. He produced that one. He did The Movie Life. Uh, I don't remember what records off the top of my head. Um, he did Bane. He did Bane's best hell? record. <laughs> yeah, he's done. He's done like a bunch of Bane records, and then this one really surprised me. He produced the Turnstile album, Nonstop Feeling. Really? Yeah. Damn, <laughs> I look had at no this idea. Guy. Look at this guy. Yeah. If he's you look be a at punker his, then, right? He's like he's like a punker then. Yeah, he's a singer in like a couple hardcore bands and has been since the nineties. So, and I, I was just like looking through his his discography of bands he's produced, and it's just like. He's worked with so many fucking bands, but those were like the highlight ones that I wanted to to touch upon. But Turnstile, like Turnstile and Bane and Circa were like the big ones. Like I had no idea. <laughs> that's funny. That's pretty cool, right? That's really cool. Just I don't know, not, not like not like you know historic bands that are going to change music forever, but really good stuff. Yeah, a lot of amazing rec- amazing records right there. I thought that was pretty cool. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, we got anything else? Should we wrap it up? Give our, give our final thoughts and then our ratings. Uh, yeah, let's, um, let's, let's wrap them up. Let's put a bow on it and okay. call it a day. So we have a three point rating system where three is a perfect album. Two is a good album. You're going to continue to listen to one. One is a bad album, but you should give it a shot. And zero is a trash fire. So oh. what? Are your final thoughts and what is your rating on this record the artist in the ambulance by thrice thrice go okay uh again i i like i don't usually latch on to like like lyrics and 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 things like that that often yeah. more so i would i would latch on to concepts and and i don't know the conceptual albums that tell a story i think are, are great but uh this is this is kind of like a loose concept album i would i would say and very loose I, I think I think his lyrics are like fucking good. They're not really poetic. They're not. I don't know. They're not. They're not the Walt Whitman or, or Robert Frost or anything. But they are. They're just good, earnest lyrics. They're just lyrics that you would you would write when you were a teenager if you were good at writing things. Like they <laughs> they are they're accessible. They make sense. Yeah. They tell stories. They paint pictures. They almost if there was like a template on how to write. Like poetry, like poetry one oh one. This this could be taught in there because it's just so basic. But mm-hmm. in its in its simplicity is like its charm. That's 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 why I like it. Is because I understand it, I get it, it uh it's I don't know, it's just honest for him and, and I, I I feel like I know him. I feel like I feel like we're friends now. <laughs> I feel like we're buds. Makes sense. Makes sense. Like he doesn't try to do anything that he's not comfortable with. He pushes himself just far enough to where he thinks he can be a better person. And that's what it is too. Like he he doesn't write lyrics to to be like famous. He writes lyrics to be a better person, to be a better yeah. friend, to be a better husband, father, to, uh, I don't know, musician, whatever it is. Like he he writes lyrics to to just be a better person. And I think that's I don't, that's cool. It's that's admirable. I respect it. Uh, I dig mm-hmm. it. The music was really good. I, I I wish there was a little bit more bass, but I'm not mad because I don't know. There's 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 already too much. There's already there's already a lot going on. There was there was already mm-hmm. there was already intense dissecting this as it was. 
Lee Riley's really fucking cool. Now I remember too, you told me to listen to his uh his baseball podcast. I think like a couple of oh, years yeah. ago. I got into that for a little bit. Um I don't think he does it anymore though. I, I don't remember. I looked it up. I think he he did do it this year, but baseball died yeah, quick. Yeah, took a shit. And so yeah. he's he stopped doing it. But I also listened to Puig Destroyer too this week. Oh yeah, the grindcore band. Yeah, <laughs> with Curl Up and Diet. This yeah, it's uh, it was it was cool. I don't know, it's <laughs> fun. And Puig, you know, yeah. Yasiel Puig, the baseball player. That's that's funny. That's witty. Mm-hmm. But uh, the band just seems like they have a good time all the time. And and I think at some point too, one of our one of our friends was like roommates with Tepe, right? Wasn't friend of the pod Rob roommates with Tepe? Yeah, was it? Wait, was it Rob? Yeah, it was no, Rob. no, no. Rob, Rob was roommates with Eddie. Well, okay, Tepe. maybe that's what it was. It was Eddie, and I think Kevin, being the super fan, went over there and he was playing it cool the whole time. But it was didn't like wanna... a, <laughs> but it was it was it was hard because Kevin didn't want to hang out with Rob, but he really wanted to meet Eddie and hang out with him. So it was like, <laughs> damn, do I do I suffer through Rob? To hang out with Eddie, <laughs> that type of thing, you know. Yeah, possible. Yeah, <laughs> I was it Rob though. I don't remember. If it was I did. Rob it was one hundred percent Rob, because because mm. he didn't because okay. I don't think he even liked thrice or anything, and he was like, yeah, whatever. But yeah, no, <laughs> I, I don't know. It was it. Was, this was a fun week. I'm glad. I, I I've never like hated thrice. I've just never like dove into them. But just I've never been forced to, and so yeah. I you know like again we we can't listen to every fucking band. So it was, we try. it's always, it's always fun to be forced to do something. Cause then you get the full experience. <laughs> it's fun to be forced. to. Yeah. I mean, if so it wasn't bad. for, if it wasn't for this, I, I don't think I would listen to all of their discography. No way. It's a lot of records. And yeah, I know you wouldn't like, damn dude, I would have got burnt out after the alchemy index. Like, Ooh, Ooh, <laughs> but I did it and, and I'm, I'm happy and I have a new, uh, a newfound respect for Dustin. Not that I Not the rest didn't of the respect him, but well, the band I've always thought were good and and fine, and nothing really was like bad about him. But I don't know, I just never okay. really cared about Fair Dustin enough. or anything, and I do now. That's good then. I'm glad. I'm I'm yeah. really happy to hear that. She a bully. Okay, so what what's you what are you rating this one? Um, this is gonna be tough though because, like lyrically, uh, lyrics alone and 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 that. I mean, this would be. It's like a two point nine. But, really? But the music oh doesn't God. the music doesn't support that at all times. So oh. I, I mean I I'm at like a two point two point five, two point six. Did you just give it a two point eight? What no, 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 no. I'll do two point I'll do two point I'll do two point six. I'll do two point six. Do two point seven. No, 2. I, already, 7, no I already went from two point five to two point six. No, do two do a two point seven five. Then now you're getting greedy. Do two point seven then. I'm doing two point six. Final two point seven. No, do two point seven. That's it. I already called it. The game's called. Oh the race God. has been called. You're unbelievable. You're fucking unbelievable. Okay. All right. My final thoughts. Um, long time fan, obviously. Long time, I've, first time. <laughs> I've been to so many shows, had so many great memories with friends, and also family because my cousin and just with this band and going to the shows and doing the the whole this this weird thing they did not the weird thing but this thing they did with the the cancer walk that annie and i went to and we saw them at chain the last time they ever played a chain reaction and it was just that whole experience was wild this just so many cool things with this band and um yeah this is this is a cool week it was fun to go back it was fun to have you listen to it because you've never really listened to them this record just really 
is so good. I love this record musically, especially now lyrically, because I've never really gotten into it. I've always loved his vocals on it. I think this is like the perfect combination of his his clean vocals and his screaming. It's perfectly done on this record. Everything about this is fantastic. You you said a lot of what I wanted to say, so I'm not going to repeat it. Um, I don't do this often, <laughs> but Here we go. I'm going to have to give this album a perfect three. It's a perfect album. I don't do it often, but it's a perfect three. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. It's it's so it's so good for the reasons I said, and it's great, man. It's, it's absolutely it's, it is it is really good. And I, I forgot that you got that. Was that walk where you got that pink thrice shirt? Yeah, the pink thrice shirt, and then That's where cool I met shirt. all four of them. Yeah, I met all four of them, and I got to hang out with we we got to hang out with them and talk to them while we were walking, and uh, and then I made Riley mad. And then, would you I mean, ask him about I mean, like identity crisis or something? No, I asked him about I because I said I'm an idiot. I was an idiot. I was like 17, and I was an idiot. And I said, "Oh, hey, are you gonna play anything off of First Impressions, which is their EP before their first album?" And they hate it to death. Like, they won't even talk about it. They hate it so much. And my dumbass said, "Oh, are you gonna play anything off of it?" And they just he kind of like got he said no and got kind of mad and they kind of walked away. <laughs> so I pissed off Riley. What was that? fucking 17 years ago this is yeah i don't know i gave it a perfect three jeff gave it a 2.9 and um (laughs) i got nothing else to say do you i i don't think we said most of it okay i think so too so thank you all for listening to the podcast this is asinine radio go to itunes go rate review and subscribe to us on there follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. We even have a voicemail set up so you can give us a call. Call us on your cell phone. You have a cell phone. You might even have a landline. Give us a call. Our phone number is 503-893-5307. So get into that. And we're getting into a different band next week. So stay tuned. Enjoy yourselves. Mm. Happy New Year, I guess. Sure. And that's it. That's all. That's all. Good night. David Javi. If you take out Ooh. like never mind, I feel like they're adequately, 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 wow, adequately, 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 no, 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 Ad- adequately adequately oh this adequately. is fucking weird dude this is a bad word i feel this like they are appropriately word. not even know what i was talking about i lost my train of thought already it's bob dylan's oh, dude, rough and rowdy serious? ways no way are you fucking stupid the more <laughs> <laughs> they're very much like go-getters they're very diy these guys toured toured europe toured 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 europe without <laughs> any kind of record contract without any money Top five Beastie Boys, but to say it's better than Paul's Boutique is well something when else. Is. When it is, it is. Whatever. If you say what it is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is what it is. <laughs> oh, I hate that so much. But I'm dude, I'm like a very wrong. I'm like a I'm like a decade old M eighty. Like you don't know if I'm a pop off, you don't know if I'm a dud, like oh you don't God, know. You just so don't know. Dumb. You have no That's idea what's gonna so happen. Dumb. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> no wow. idea
Oh, blood clots. Blood clots and black holes. Now, that's a hot topic okay. fucking line if I ever heard one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so my 4B is... Where the fuck is my 4B? Oh, it's abol- the, uh, uh, the abolition of man. The 